Oh, wait, we have to be quiet for five seconds. Hello, and welcome. Welcome. Back to... <laughs> Kayla and Harrison. Won't shut up. Your favorite podcast where we complain about movies that we watch. Yes. It's your favorite podcast. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks so much for your contributions. Um, we will happily accept more, so just keep them coming. Yes. What are the contributions, Harrison? <laughs> just admiration. It's just admiration. Just accolades. Mm -hmm. Accolades. Yes. So mm -hmm. uh, like and subscribe. We're on Spotify now. That's exciting. That is really exciting because now I can get rid of SoundCloud on my phone. Oh, yes. That is an important <laughs> shout Sorry, out to SoundCloud. Shout out to SoundCloud. <laughs> it's just, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. Do they have like normal music on SoundCloud? Is there? Is it just? Podcast? Oh yeah, it's like it's like where the hip kids make their raps. Oh oh okay. Well, you know what? I'm not a very hip kid. If you're not on Spotify, GTFO. Well, we love our iTunes listeners as well, all three of them. So thank oh, you everyone I thought for iTunes listening. iTunes didn't exist anymore. Well, whatever. Apple Music, Apple Podcast, Apple Pie, Apple Pie, Apple Pie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um. Mm -hmm. Well, we have um, a special episode in store because this episode concludes the four of us picking movies at random, which is really actually just our podcast regularly. I, mean, I was about to say, what are we going to do in the future? <laughs> <laughs> I say we go back to, no, we're not doing this ever again, actually. We're going to keep it, we're going to keep <laughs> our aggregate secret. But for this and final, this final iteration of... The four of us choosing. It was my turn. Oh, I see what you're saying. From the from the we took a huge break. We did because the host was my pick. Yes. And before that, Blood Rage and Swim Fan. Classics. We took, a, we took a break for two full movies for host. We did. And for whatever that was last week, host, I already forgot the host name again. No, it wasn't. Oh, what was last week? It was the one with Liv Tyler. Oh, it was The Strangers. The Strangers. Which you loved so much <laughs> mm. that you gave it, a, it. You gave it a zero or one. I didn't give it a zero, Harrison, because you won't let me give it a zero. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I have a friend here with us up Horrifying. on the shelf. Um, you can't see because this is just an auditory experience, but um, <laughs> I have a one... I have an exact one-to-one -one scale replica of Chucky um, just above my computer station, which is exciting. That is exciting. <laughs> I mean, that's also all. Kind of, it's sort of horrifying. Is that is that Carly's workstation too, or just yours? Because I wonder how Carly feels about that. It's both of ours, but Chucky was in the window for all of Halloween. But I got a manic. I had a manic episode yesterday, and I decided to um, take all of our Halloween decorations down and clean the entire house on my day off. So I did. Oh wow! And rearranged three rooms in our house, um, which is wow. something I'm known to do. So here we are in my new office, and. Chucky's no longer terrifying people outside. He's just terrifying us. I think that you should come clean my apartment. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome in advance. <laughs> you won't like what I do. <laughs> but it will be clean, and that will be an exciting change of pace. You will have nothing left in your house. It will just be you and Michael. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be clean. Yes. <laughs> 
All right, so let's get into it, shall we? Yes. This week's episode um, is called The Loved Ones. Yes. And... Uh, so, this is... Can I say something? Sure. Can I, can I say something? <laughs> Was that your a British accent? I, th- it, I think this movie takes place in Australia. It does. I can't do an Australian accent. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that was a, it's closer than ours, so. That wasn't even my intention. I, I was, <laughs> what I actually wanted to say was I got really confused because I had a feeling that you were suggesting a different movie than the one I found. So this film, when you Google it, the description is thus. Ahem. In order to avoid a ghostly figure in the road... Brent Mitchell wraps his car around a tree, killing his father. While his mother goes to pieces, Brent escapes into a marijuana-fueled world of pain and guilt. And that is the that is the description on Google, okay? So keep that in your mind. And then I want you to read the description of where we watched this film. And this is why I thought it was a totally different film. Give me one second. I also, what a... T- was that like the Children's Christian Network description of this movie? Like... <laughs> brought to you by the children's christian network okay so here here's the description when i looked it up to stream <clears throat> hell hath no fury like a prom queen scorned when brent rejects lola's invitation to prom he becomes the victim of her twisted revenge so you can see why i got confused and thought we were talking about two different movies yeah what that's also terrible someone needs to hire me to write descriptions of films because that yeah, neither of them are good, really. Yeah. So, okay. I'll tell you how I selected this film. Please do. Um, okay, so The Loved Ones was on an aggregate of 100 best horror films. Mm. And I was going down the list, and I really wanted to choose something. So, to rewind a little bit, the first movie that was selected was Swim Fan. Carly had already seen, but Michael, Kayla, and I had not. Correct? I mean, I probably saw it when I was in high school, but not with any memory of it right i don't i don't think i'd ever seen it I, no i definitely hadn't and then um what did michael pick michael picked blood rage blood rage had a couple of different names so that was also confusing yes and none of us he had, had seen ne- that he had never seen it he picked it randomly i want to say <laughs> and then you selected the host which you had seen but the rest of us hadn't mm-hmm and then I, so I wanted to pick something now that we can't, well, not that we can't, but we're not having guests regularly on the show for now. Um, I wanted to pick something that the, that neither of us had seen. And I wanted it to be something that was uh, at least highly celebrated amongst fans. And so this aggregate is actually through Rotten Tomatoes. So it's, um, I feel like it's kind of more accurate than just an AMC list or something where it's usually just like, film critics reviewing it this is actual like viewers viewing it and no i having an opinion i like it also can i read their description their their consensus yes for fun <clears throat> successfully mixing the conventions of the teen and horror genres with a twist australian director sean burn makes a striking directorial debut with the loved ones yeah. It's got a 98% up in there. Which is impressive. Um, and also, I had to go, like, I don't even remember what number this was on the list. Um, mm-hmm. But 
uh, I had to go pretty far down. It's 37. I had to go all the way down to 37 before I found one that I was like, surely neither of us have seen this because I've never heard of it, and it's Australian. Yes. Um, and I got to say, it was intense. <laughs> it was really intense, but I, I mean... We haven't even started talking about it yet, but this is a film where after I watched it, I was like, how have Michael and I, let alone you and I, not seen this or even heard of it? Or maybe he has heard of it because Michael's heard of everything, but he didn't, he wasn't here when I watched it. Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I was a little surprised too. So in October, usually Carly and I have, uh, we host, you know, when COVID's not happening, uh, we host a weekly and sometimes twice a week movie kind of marathon every week and it's always horror or scary themed in October leading up mm-hmm. to the best day of the year Halloween correct yes. um also your wedding anniversary congratulations yes it's true thank you um and so every year we get super excited and get in the spooky mood and we watch all this stuff and so this year we came up with a list and Carly and I were trying to put a bunch of things that we hadn't seen on the list and this somehow slipped through and I'm not sure if I just haven't looked at that list recently but I feel like we failed but this year we did get to hit all the classics which I was excited about so um or classics to us so you did it where you did you show it out in your backyard is that what you did uh, well, the weather was nice enough that we could do that this year. The two of us would just sit outside. I have a like a crappy projector and a white sheet, and so we like put it outside and watch it around our little fire pit thing. That's um, amazing. Yeah, there, it's nice. I wish it was a little warmer, but it, it was fine. Um, yeah. Uh, but so then I revisited this list, and a lot of the things on the list were things that I was like, I haven't seen that, but I don't know if – like. For whatever reason, I didn't want to like watch something that I thought you had maybe seen. That's why I asked you. Because what was the other one I originally said? I said, have you seen such You said such? A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, which yes. I have seen. And I have not seen, but I have it heard it's amazing. And I really want to watch it. Um, and then the it other really thing good. that we maybe will review soon, we'll see, is... Yes. Um, uh, shit on a dick i just forgot the name of it was Um, it wreck which is the film michael and i watched (laughs) on our one year anniversary (laughs) it is not it's let the right one in which i fucking loved but we'll talk about that another time so anyway this is on the list and i was curious because i hadn't heard of it so I, i didn't look it up at all i just i read that it was really effective and i read that it had a really high review and i was like fuck it and then you mentioned that there was an unrated version, and that had me curious because I was like, I'm wondering what we missed out on, but we didn't want to commit to an unrated version because, I don't well, know. We're going to get in the habit of paying to rent these films we we review, and then our respective spouses will kick us out of our homes. Yes. It's a lot. <laughs> so we do a lot for y'all, just so you know. I can't. Okay, so one thing I will say, we haven't even gotten really into what happens in this film other than the two wildly different descriptions. Yes. But I can't imagine what was left out of this cut. Like, I almost want to pay for the unrated cut just to know what on God's green earth was cut out of this one Yeah. that made the other one unrated. Like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, I'm also curious. We'll have to... Uh... We'll have to look look it up. Unfortunately, we didn't do that. 
before this. We never do. Don't but you know what? <laughs> I feel like if you're if you're going into the uncut situation, like personally, this is like how it, this is the like theatrical release that we watched, and I would rather watch that I've first. That. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know. There's some movies that I, I think have, are kind of ruined by extended cuts. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so the loved ones is a 2009 Australian horror film. As Kayla mentioned, it was directed by Sean Byrne. Mm-hmm. And it stars a bunch of Australian actors. So I'm not really familiar with any of them. They could all Shout be very out to famous. Australia, the homeland <laughs> of my bearded dragon pet. <laughs> yes, shout out to the country of Australia. Um, <laughs> and Xavier Samuel is the main character. And I'm guessing he's famous because he was in one of the Twilight movies. That's all I know. Wait, the actor was? Yeah. The cutie patootie main character? Mm-hmm. He was a cutie patootie. Who he was, was he in Twilight? Like, I've seen the Twilight films, which I genuinely have not. So I don't know why he I'm was, this up. He played Riley Beers in the Twilight Saga, Eclipse. I don't even know what that is. I'm sorry, Beers? His last name was Beers? Yeah, he has his own Wikipedia page, so you know it's legit. Riley wow. Beers. Oh, Beers spelled the German way, not like drinking beers no not not no not oh not he quite. was nominated for an mtv movie award good for him yeah we love you we love you what's his name again xavier samuel <laughs> <laughs> um so i don't i didn't watch the trailer for this i don't even know that i actually read anything about it like i was saying i just kind mm-hmm. of went into it blindly which i don't usually do because i love trailers and i like to know what i'm in for although yes. sometimes they can really ruin a movie I did not watch the trailer. I just trusted you. The only thing I did was double check with you because I, again, thought there were two different oh, films. Oh, yes. Yes. Also, there's a lot of different dates. Like, it says this movie was released in 2009, but it also says it was released in 2010. And then Rotten Tomatoes says it was released in 2012. Yes. Yeah, Where's that. the truth, Harrison? Where does the truth lie? In America, the truth? In America, it screened October 31st, Halloween, 2009. Well, that's what's important. Um, and so, yeah, we'll we'll just accept that. Uh, oh, okay. So it it ran a limited theatrical release in the U.S. on June first, two thousand twelve. Oh, okay. So that's so okay. yeah. It was it was on the film festival circuit for a minute, um, and apparently it did really well. This is the freshman release for Sean Byrne, his directorial debut. Debut. Um, which I have to say, pretty. Pretty successful. I would say so. It makes me want to watch whatever The Devil's Candy is. Which yeah, is his, his only, only other movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's probably interesting because this film was very interesting. I think I was immediately into it because the soundtrack for this movie is, is great. so good. Which and it was done. Did you read yeah. about it? No. Uh, yeah, so the, the soundtrack was made by an experimental musician. Cool. Um, which is... A key piece of the movie. I mean, it really is like the just the you know the score, but also the use of pop songs. You yeah. know, I use the term pop loosely. Popular right. culture songs, like there's heavy metal and there's a pop song that kind of has a big part in the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so well done. It got me. It got me into it like right away. Yeah. You know, there's um, so let's get into the plot actually. Yes. And then we can. We can break it down. So mm-hmm. Brent 
played by Xavier, yes. is in the car with his daddy, mm-hmm. driving to question mark and his dad. I don't think it matters. It's jokingly, just that they're in a drive. Yeah, they're just on a drive in a shitty car, and he's making fun of his dad's car. He's driving, which is mm-hmm. noteworthy. Um, his dad lights up a cigarette, and they swerve because they see... Oh, he makes a joke that he was conceived in that car. And he's all distracted because his dad is smoking, and the implication, I think, is that his dad was supposed to quit. And he says, your mom smokes a few every now and then, too. Something like that. And then Which, suddenly, there's a lot... There's a lot... Okay, so... Yes. It starts off. Okay, it starts off with this, and then the dad, the dad makes a like a comment about having sex in the car. There's a lot of sex in cars in this movie. First of there all, there is. Um, <laughs> That's what we would call a motif. Yes, that is one of the motifs of this movie is car sex. Car sex. Yes. Um. So Brent avo- Brent swerves because there's a bloody man in the road. And Which I like how we're not really focusing on. Eh, there's a bloody yeah. man. Uh, just some old, worry. you know. Eh, don't worry about it. In the description that you read, it was a ghost. It wasn't even a person. So I, I don't know. The descriptions <laughs> Who are knows? absolute nonsense. You you could conceivably believe that it was a ghost after or watch while watching it. Uh, yes. Brent swerves the car, crashes into a tree. Six yes. months later, um, we're in high school and Brent is buying weed from his BFF. Um, and, and they're talking about prom, which they never call prom. That might be an Australian thing because they call it the end of year dance throughout the film. Yeah. But it was clearly prom. Yeah. It was very obviously prom. I don't know. So again, shout out to our Australian, uh, listeners. Why don't you call prom prom? Hmm? Yeah. Answer some questions. Why don't you? (laughs) Please. Lazy. In between giving us all the accolades and the praise you yeah. know, just let us know. Yeah, let us know, really. Um, <laughs> so six months later, Brent is getting real high, buying a lot of weed from mm-hmm. old Jamie, his BFF. Mm-hmm. And someone comes up to him and invites him to prom. Mm-hmm. Someone being Lola. Yes. And she, she's wearing clothes that make you know that she's a little socially awkward. Like, she's yeah. wearing clothes that don't quite fit. Right. That's something I noticed. Um, and he turns her down. He's like, no, I'm good. But um, he doesn't do it in a rude way. He's like, he's like, honey, baby, no. I have a girlfriend who I'm obviously taking to prom. Yeah. Except he doesn't say it shitty like I just did. Yeah, no, he's like, I'm, I'm going with Holly, <laughs> my girlfriend. I'm, I'm going with my girlfriend. And so. she's pissed. Lola's pissed. Yes. It's evident. evident. So they he proceeds to go to the car, and he and Holly have sex in the car, and zoom out, and guess who's watching? It's, it's Lola. Lola. <laughs> She's a bit of a peeping Tom. Just a tick. Um, so anyway, then we... Holly has apparently just received her driver's license. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, There seems to be a whole thing where, like, um, the main character's mother is anxious about him being driven or driving because of what happened to his father, which, of course, makes him feel upset because he's like, I have to go places in cars, and also you're not doing a great job of not making me feel guilty over my dad's death, so I'm the one who was driving the car when it crashed. 
R.I.P. Dad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we also learn that Brent is, uh, he's self-harming. So when they're hooking up in the car, we see that he's been kind of cutting on his abdomen. Mm-hmm. And he carries a razor blade around his neck, um, which presumably he's using to do the cutting. Yes. Um, and then he, it's time. It's time for the prom. Happens pretty quickly. He goes with his dog to a mountain just near his house. I think he gets upset with the conversation with his mom and he kind of walks, he walks to some sort of beautiful Australian scenery, which is some sort of a rock face. Yeah. And there's a really effective shot where it seems like he's thinking about throwing himself off of the rock face. But then when he actually slips a bit, he's like, oh, no, wait, no, I didn't actually. No. Yeah. Thank you. And cl- he climbs back up. Yeah. So it's very obvious that he's, you know, devastated over the death of his father and he's coping with it in various ways, mostly mm-hmm. from self-harm and smoking weed. Um, marijuana please and and fucking (laughs) and cars um so he gets to the top of the cliff Mm -hmm. and what happens he gets kidnapped off of it he gets kidnapped someone by someone you don't see yes someone puts some sort of liquid on a towel and he passes out yes um and meanwhile, the mom his... is calling and being like, I'm sorry we fought. Come home. And he doesn't pick up the phone. Oh, right. Course, he ans- he answers his cell phone. He does answer the cell phone. Oh, he does it first. You're right. So she kind of hears, she hears him a being struggle. Abducted? I don't I don't Question recall. mark I and dog barking. Dog barking. And then the dog drags itself home. The dog was attacked in the attack. And the, the poor little doggy makes his way back to the home. And that's when they know that something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Him and the girlfriend who came to pick him up for prom. But of she, course, he's not there. And she takes him to the vet, I guess. And the dog dies in the car. And then. Does ju- it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's like whimpering and then that. it dies. Oh. Juxtaposed with a car pulling up beside a piece of roadkill, mm-hmm. pulling it into the car and driving away. Yes. Who's taken the roadkill? We will soon learn who. Yes. I'm just looking up really quick. Does the dog die.com? Because I don't think the dog completely died. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, no. The dog definitely died. All right. Well, we'll see what the experts say, Harrison. (laughs) The dog died. So anyway, Brent wakes up bound to his chair. And at the table are Lola... And her father. Oh, wait, sorry, we missed a part. Lola is shown in her bedroom playing with a scrapbook. And we don't know what's in it, but she's like fawning over it and playing a CD on her dumb CD player. And then um, (laughs) she goes outside, the trunk opens, and it's revealed that Brent is in the trunk of the car. Um, And... She tells the dad to make sure that he's not dead because it doesn't look like he's breathing. They pull him out of the car. 
Then we see the dad give her a dress, a prom dress, an Australian prom dress. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm going to put it on. And then undresses in front of the dad. The dad is obviously staring at her body longingly. So creepy. And she puts it on and he says that she looks perfect, whatever. Brent wakes up and he's sitting at a dinner table where everyone is eating chicken and drinking milk. The nastiest of Australian dinners and Mm -hmm. American dinners. Um, And (laughs) we pan around the table and we see Lola, her father, daddy, and someone named Bright Eyes. And this woman has a visible scar on her forehead and is not speaking. So the inference is that she is not coherent. Yes. Um, And then they stab him in the needle or in the neck with what appears to be Drano, but apparently is... Is bleach? According to Wikipedia, it's bleach. But I had the same thought. Whatever it is, it's an unnatural color, and it results in him not being able to speak very well. And, like, kind of growl. So, apparently... It's gruesome. I mean, right off the bat, just everything that happens in that house is so gruesome. Again, wondering what on God's green earth is in the unrated version. Yes. So... He's injected with bleach in his vocal bo- voice box, which I don't... There's a lot of questions I have. How do they know that was his vocal box? How do, How I would you know, know that bleach wouldn't kill you if you did that? I'm pretty sure if you just shoved bleach in a syringe into someone's neck, it would probably fuck up their voice. So I'm going to let that one slide. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, so then she um, makes him eat some chicken or makes him agree that it's finger looking good. And then, Oh, it's so just basically she, by the way, I want to give a, another shout out if I may, you may to does the dog die.com. And this is, Oh, something this is an I, actual website. Oh, are you joking? Oh, I didn't oh know my God. This. I have something so exciting to tell you and all of our listeners. This podcast is now sponsored by does the dog die.com. It's actually an amazing website originally. Cause I remember when it first came out, it was just about whether or not a dog dies in a film and it was kind of a joke, but now it's basically a database of things that might be triggering. Um, so I, well, that's up helpful. The love of, yeah, it really is. See, again, that's why I wanted to give the shout out. So does the dog doesn't just mention animal deaths anymore. Um, it has essentially anything that could potentially be triggering. So like, um, and it gets specific. It's like, um, it says, oh, does someone use drugs? Does someone abuse alcohol? Is there someone who cuts? Is someone tortured? And then it goes into details, like specifically what, how are they tortured? And people, it's like a, it's like um, a crowdsource thing. Like people who watch the films go and report on this website. Okay. So you can see. I'm on it now. Um, now I see. This is helpful. Yeah. It is very, it's a very simple website. Um nothing fancy uh yeah it's honestly it's it's a really helpful website and i had remembered because i looked up something at once i looked up something once and i realized how much more this website had been expanded it's really a helpful tool it's still called does the dog die.com 
but it has more than just more than just anything that. related to animal abuse or death. Yeah, gotcha. it's great. It's a great website. All right. Well, I forgot where we were. Uh, oh well, we were just talking. He basically just gets, I mean, really tortured in this dining room. I Michael, well, actually, Michael did get home at this point, and he he didn't watch the film with me. But I I remember I told him it's sort of like a teen slasher with um a little fucking... bit of it's got a little bit of a torture porn edge. no but specifically why is my brain doing this leatherface what is that movie called the, the texas, texas goddamn chainsaw massacre just the fact that this all happens at a dinner table and okay. there's obviously body mutilation yeah. and there's abducting of people who yeah. don't know what's going on it had interesting ties i thought to the texas chainsaw massacre so that's maybe another clue if you're thinking about whether or not you want to watch this movie think about how you feel about the texas chainsaw massacre yeah well that's actually good advice um yes not that all your advice isn't good (laughs) um (laughs) that's actually good advice (laughs) (laughs) so uh brent uh, uh, that's a good point because he manages Whatever you just said made me think of this. He manages to mutter like "Lola, don't" before she stabs him in the neck with bleach. It's um, it's assumed that this is Lola's first time, and it it later comes to be a, revealed that this is her first time doing all of this to one of the victims because well, we learn the, the that this s- is a series of yes tortures and not necessarily. It's not clear whether or not it will result in murder at first. Um, but it seems to be her first time doing a lot of the things to the, a lot of the things like, but they talk about how she's always, she always carves into their chest. That's something she always does. Yes. Um, but the, the heart, the truly the most horrific torture, which involves a drill, like is on the cover. Oh, really? That, yeah. Well, it depends on the cover you see. So again, this is another thing where on Amazon, where I streamed it, it was the main girl, with her prom dress on and a drill. Oh, and then, yep. Okay, now I know you're talking you about. When you Google it, it, it's just her and the main boy. And it's creepy, but you can't, there's no real, you know. Right. So there's, there's like, there's moments where a lot, where a lot is shown and there's moments where not a lot is shown, which I feel like is an effective part of this movie. But so after he, he's made so that he can't talk, uh, there's like a kind of, melodramatic uh, amount of time spent with the daughter and the father daddy fawning over each other. Um, Mm -hmm. And basically him being like, this is your prom. We're going to make it perfect for you. It's a dance. You love dances or whatever. Uh, And then at one point he says that he has to go to the bathroom and she unzips his pants. And after drinking an entire glass of milk, Says that he has to pee in the glass, and if he doesn't, then they're going to put a nail through his penis in a chair. Yeah. And at this point in time, all we've seen is the injection of the neck thing, so we're not sure, like, to what lengths this movie's going to actually go. But Yes, uh, but... (laughs) Yeah, so she says if he can't piss, then they're going to put... The daddy gets the hammer out and a nail, and they're going to nail him to the chair. Mm -hmm. Um, And... He basically, at the 10-second count, does it. And then uh, 
she says that she's going to kiss him on the penis because it's sad and crying. Because uh, he's peeing. Because yeah. he's peeing. Oh, and then he uses both feet to kind of drop kick her into the table mm-hmm. and gets away briefly. Um, yes. And this is one of those moments where you think to yourself, how would I have, how would I have done this escape differently, right? So he ends up running. He hides under the car. The dad moves the car and is he's found. He goes up on a tree on the property. I mean, I'm not very familiar with the geography of Australia, but clearly they're in a rural area. Yes. Um, but the, it does, it's effective because it gives you a lot of, like you're saying, like you don't know what to expect. So he, when he's hiding under the car, he uses the razor blade that he has on him around his neck to cut the restraints. So he's free to run. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, the only thing wrong with him is he can't talk. Yes. So he breaks out, he hides, or he hides under the car, he breaks out. The car pulls away because daddy is looking for him. And then the headlights reveal that he was under the car. So then he starts driving the car forward at a snail's pace <laughs> and crashes <laughs> it into a tree. And then Brent uses the tree to climb into the tree mm-hmm. to hide. At which point they just start throwing things at him and somehow knock him unconscious. I don't know. I don't buy that. <laughs> but Brent is unconscious yet again. I mean, Anna could see falling out of a tree and being knocked out unconscious. It's not the most absurd thing. I mean, but he straight up, like, body flops on the hood of the car and then... Oh, you mean you don't buy he didn't die? No, I'm just saying it was, uh... I don't believe that... He's in between two, like, pretty thick branches. Somehow they make contact with his head and knock him out. Oh, how did he fall out of the tree in the icy witches? Yeah, like, I don't... that part. Eh. So the movie can happen. Exactly. Um, Do you watch that guy, by the way? Who? The YouTuber. Because I'm a hit person. I know about YouTubers. No. There's a YouTuber who does parodies of pitch meetings for movies. Oh, yes, yes. I've seen that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to that guy, whatever his name is. John Johnson. He does have two. He has like two first names as a first and last name. Oh, well, look at that. Is. I knew without even knowing. Yeah. Um... So then what happens, Kayla? To his feet. Oh, my God. Because then they're like, well, you're not going to get away this time, brother. That's an Australian accent. And <laughs> I thought it was Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you're right. <laughs> they, 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 uh, they, well, Harrison, thank you for asking. They um, hammer and nail um, his feet down. However, is it nails, Harrison, that they use to hammer and nail his feet down? No, it's not. It's like two steak knives, like straight up steak knives. Into the wooden floor they go. Yeah, terrible. Um, and he's bound again. Yes. My um, poor baby. I'm still looking at his picture on his Wikipedia. He is six years older than me, which means he was... Math. Hold on. He was 26 when he played a high schooler in this film. Wow. I, th- I feel like that's man. That's usually the case with high school movies. Also, no, I know, but holy I just, shit. We forgot. This is what? how forgettable this is. Like, and I'll t- <laughs> we can tie back into this later. This whole time, concurrently in the movie, there is a separate plot occurring with... Oh, yeah. Brent's best friend, who gave him the weed at the beginning, yeah, asking this person at the high school like who a, uh, seems to be like a goth punk girl if yeah. if she'll go with him. She says yes, no questions asked, even though presumably they aren't friends. 
And then yes. they go to prom, and then she gets wasted and just drinks like a whole handle of liquor. Is but smoking they still weed. have sex in the car. <laughs> yes. So they go inside prom. She starts groping him on the dance floor. They've they've missed like get all of prom. Out of prom. Get kicked yeah. out of prom. Go to the parking lot. <laughs> are fucking in the car when someone pounds on the door, and it's the principal being like, that- "Don't." fuck in this car on this Stop campus fucking leave cool property is what he basically says yes so this whole subplot is occurring simultaneously and there's a lot of like match cuts where something occurs in one plot line that's matched to the other plot line and so you're wondering this whole time like what the fuck does this have to do with what's going on in the movie it does tie in and i will say the match cuts that you mentioned are very effective they were very entertaining like there's a point where you think that the man who is the daddy character is the one who caught them having sex in the car and you're like how can they be in this random rural house jokes on you was the principal being like please for the love of god stop stop fornicating (laughs) (laughs) um and so uh jamie who is the character uh and mia wait which character jamie jamie jamie's jamie's the best friend and mia is the distraught girl Uh, the oh the like goth girl Uh, why isn't her name raven movie writer (laughs) yeah (laughs) get real um (laughs) yeah uh wow she needs a a cat an australian academy award um i mean honestly for her despair that she she actually everyone in this film is a really good actor honestly yeah i mean i was being facetious but no 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 no, no, no. (laughs) uh so anyway flashback to the story we actually care about uh lola is showing brent a scrapbook of all of her past victims when he notices a specific victim it's the ghost slash is it a ghost from it's the beginning the of the movie it's... that he avoids and then crashes yes. and kills his dad. Yes. Um, yes. And it's the brother. Am I moving ahead too fast? Because it's the brother of Raven. Yeah. <laughs> it's revealed later that the reason we should care about this person is because her brother went missing and is presumably still missing. We don't know. Yeah. Um, I, so that's where their, their subplot, I did not, I didn't dislike it. But I kept thinking it was going to tie back in, especially once you find out that the, the the man at the beginning of the film who's blocking the road is the brother of goth girl Raven Mia. <laughs> and I just, you know, but that's it, essentially. I mean, to be honest, again, I, I, hopefully at this point, if you haven't watched this film and it sounds interesting to you, you've stopped listening and you're watching it now. But to spoil that doesn't really go anywhere after that, which was a little disappointing to me because I didn't dislike their subplot. Also, is it, I had a really hard time keeping up because it's so poorly done, in my opinion. There is a, well, let's keep going and then we'll get, we'll touch back on that because we need to, we need to finish the plot. So Lola shows Brenna scrapbook. She's like, hee hee, I was a, this was my prom date. This is my prom date. I'm a lunatic. (laughs) And so he doesn't, yeah, yeah, he doesn't care. He knows he wants her dead after all the torture he's been through. Um, Mm -hmm. and we're wondering what's going to happen to him because, you know, we don't, we still don't know what their end game is. Um, but it's revealed that she's done this to multiple people. Um, and then, yeah, her and the father. Yeah. And then it's revealed, like we said, that the person at the beginning of the movie is one of those victims. 
Um, and then she uses a fork to carve her initials into the chest of yes. Brent and then sprinkle salt on it to torture him, which isn't really like as gross as it sounds in this, the way it's presented. I feel like it could be a lot more like torture porny. Um, she's just kind yeah, of like I just went out throwing salt at him. So it's, it's ca- on the record that Harrison was like, not torture porn enough for me. Thanks. No, I didn't say for me. I said <laughs> it's surprising <laughs> after what we rewind listeners <laughs> after what we have been through with the knives going through the feet. Um, so daddy crowns Lola prom queen. And then she says that she loves her daddy and wants to get with her daddy. And the two of them start dancing in front of Brent and he has had enough. He's still been using his little razor blade and we think he's going to get through the ropes when all of a sudden additional plot. <laughs> mm-hmm. There are people living under the house. Daddy opens a trap door under a rug, revealing screeches, which sound similar to the noises that Brent has been making now that he doesn't have a voice. Yes. And there are previous uh, abductees still alive downstairs. So it's presumed now the reveal is he's going to live on as a monster in the basement, I guess. And then... Like they're just going to throw him in the basement and feed him roadkill. And you don't even... But also... Yeah. Okay. So there's three people downstairs, uh, screeching away. I don't think you even know that at first. I think at first you just know that there's there something I mean, do downstairs. Know? I think you just know there's something downstairs. You don't actually yes. see any people. Um, mm-hmm. you just hear them, and then they pour water down in there to like rile them up, I guess. And then they cut. Oh, they reveal the roadkill that was picked up earlier is going to be used to feed them, I guess, mm-hmm. to make them ravenous. Or just to feed them because they live in the basement. I assume they don't eat anything other than the roadkill that's occasionally thrown down there. Uh, That was the implication I got. Yes. Um, So somehow they've survived gangrene and whatever other things they had (laughs) inflicted on them. And they're living successfully in a basement with nothing but bones. Um, So I I guess it's possible. Anything's possible in Australia. I think that's the moral of this story. (laughs) Honestly. Um, So (laughs) then we get the... What is revealed to be what has happened to the rest of them, I guess? Or actually, has it only happened to Bright Eyes? You forgot about Bright Eyes. Don't forget about Bright Eyes. I never forgot about Bright Eyes. There's a character named Bright Eyes. It's the mom. I kept thinking of you, Harrison, because you like Bright Eyes so much. Yes. I I was actually offended that they would besmirch the band with this. So they reveal that they're going to pour... They're going to drill a hole into Brent's head... And lobotomize him and pour boiling water into the hole to make the brains mush or whatever you know, she says. I didn't even understand that it was really, I mean, not that I'm a freaking doctor, especially not some sort of a medieval one who knows about lobotomies. But I got the sense that they just drill a hole in the skull and the real damage comes from the boiling water that they pour directly onto the brain. Mm. I don't know. Again, I don't, I don't know why I am picking at this gross as if. This is a really important detail to me. I just don't know. I thought, I mean, initially when they were going to put the hole in his brain, that daddy says something like, you only need to go so far to make it effective. I presumed that they were just going to drill into his head and then he would be lobotomized. I don't know about things. I I, Again, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm sure they aren't either. So they drill a hole (laughs) in his head. God, and it's so, it's, it's so gruesome. Yeah, it's very gruesome. 
uh, I thought it was really well done. The drill starts like smoking. Um, uh-huh. and, and it, it, the perspective just... of Brent is like shaking as though he's listening to metal music, which I thought was kind of an interesting, See, all of them sell effect. it. So yes, all of them sell it so well. All three of the actors in that scene. Yeah. And also this whole time he's carving away at the rope, trying to get out and he stops once the drill goes into his brain. So, it, or into his skull. And so at this point we presume, I presumed presume that he was done for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, the boiling water comes in and she spills it on his face and uh, that, you know, didn't, <laughs> uh, that that wasn't enough. So uh, she goes to pour the water and spills it on him and then she's like, I can't do it. This is her first time doing this, by the way. Yeah. She, she misses the first time and nicks his face. And then the daddy says, you have to apply pressure evenly. So then she drills the hole successfully. Oh, which I thought was another good thing where, you know, I mean, if you've ever used a drill before, if you go at it one handed, that's exactly what will happen. Like, yes. And I don't mean into a person's head, but any kind of drilling, if you try and do it one handed, it's going to go skirt, skirt yep. and skid off whatever you're doing. Which it did. Poor, yes. poor Brent's face got skirt yeah. sk- or whatever you just said. Um, so then she asked daddy to make it bigger. And this is like the really kind of uh, just hard to watch part. So he drills back into pre-existing hole to make it larger. There's smoke going everywhere. And as this is happening, he manages to free himself and stabs daddy with the razor blade Daddy freaks out and backs up or, and daddy's like, Oh no, I got smashed in the face. And then Lola is upset because she's like, no daddy, no. And then he pulls the, Oh no, he throws the drill at daddy's face and hits him. It makes Mm -hmm. contact. And then daddy's like real pissed. And then he pulls the knives out of his feet and starts just going into daddy's neck. Yes. Pushes daddy into hole Previously mentioned hole filled with captors. Daddy falls and captors start ripping him apart. And then he, Lola jumps on him. He punches her, presumably knocks her out, goes to check and see what's happening. And Lola flips him down into the hole with the bodies. Mm -hmm. And we're like, damn, he can't fucking win. (laughs) Whew. What a wild ride. That's not even it. So Brent's looking around. He has a flashlight somehow. I think it gets knocked into the basement hole. Oh, yes. And then Brent has to fight all three of the captives and kill them so that they don't eat him. Because they attack him, I will note. And again, this is what leads me again to think that obviously he's he's gone through some horrific stuff. But I don't know that he's been lobotomized because he's oh no have... I, don't, I think the successful lobotomy would have occurred of if, if the boiling water had been poured yes in him. yeah so he because yeah. he seems to have you know again as much of his wits about him as you would expect for someone going through what this character is going through yeah he's very um, much coherent yes and he, he much to his own chagrin i'm sure at this point <laughs> i mean honestly and he only kills the the other captives in the basement because they turn on him Yes, and then Lola goes and kills Bright Eyes, who is revealed to be her mother, and reminder that this is a person who was sitting at the table with them 
earlier when Brent first opens his eyes. Super a happy, creepy. happy family. And so she kills her mom because she's jealous because the dad likes the mom. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Uh, or hopefully. I don't know. This family's fucked up. This family's real fucked up. <laughs> so everyone's dead except for Brent and Lola. Uh, Brent, flashback to the people who are worried about him, his mother and his girlfriend. Um, and this is where it's a little confusing. So they finally call the police. After all this, they finally call the police. It's been all day. The dog has come back clearly attacked. They heard a suspicious kerfuffle over the cell phone with Mm -hmm. Brent and captor daddy. And now they're just now finally calling the cops. Um, which I guess is because me or uh, because uh, the girlfriend Holly remembers that earlier Brent had said Lola asked me to prom and I said no. Well, they call the cops earlier in the film, but I guess there's just not much for them to do, right? I mean, that's what I was unclear on, but uh, they, yeah, they call the cops and there and there seems to be an implication that. Oh, he's done it before. He's run away from home before. Right. So the cops are kind of like, I mean, unless you think of something, uh, what am I doing here? Yes. And then that's when the girlfriend's like, you know what? That creepy girl at school, let me let the cops know. But at this point, I don't even think anyone thinks she's creepy. I think they think she's like just a nerd or like, uh, I don't even know. She. <laughs> that's true. I, I think they just think that she's a loser, like a stereotypical like quote unquote loser in high school. So mm-hmm. they mention her name, I guess. And the police officer goes out there alone with a gun, um, <laughs> looks inside and sees there's blood everywhere, breaks in mm-hmm. and looks down into the hole filled with corpses. And Brent is like, yo help, <laughs> but he can't <laughs> speak. So he turns around and Lola hits him in the face with a cleaver and knocks him down into the hole. Boom. Done. Um, and... Oh, and the cop is the dad of the goth girl. Again, oh, yes. Related, but like, with not a big payoff other than the reveal right. of the family connection. But anyway. And then, so Brent grabs the gun and starts firing and misses, I guess, but knocks out the disco ball that was... <laughs> that was part uh, of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre prom setup. Uh, I got it. yeah. Come on, Harrison. Um, so Lola's like, fuck you, I'm out. So she, she runs away or no, she starts to run away. She sees the razor blade in, on the floor in daddy's blood and Mm -hmm. is like, I'm going to go kill everyone you care about. I'm going to kill your mom and I'm going to kill Holly. Yeah. Um, You jerk. And then, yeah, she leaves and walks when there's a cop car outside she could take. Anyway, that did occur to me, but I don't know. Maybe she doesn't have her license, Harrison. Oh, you're right. That's probably it. She can't drive. Um, no, actually, I had another thought about that. Maybe he, the cop has the keys in his oh. pocket. His corpse is now in the basement room that she can't get into without getting out of. Yes. Have so, to dorp to dip. So I bite. She leaves the house, but not before she grabs her most prized possession, her mm-hmm. scrapbook, mm-hmm. where she has all the pictures of her past victims, mm-hmm. including Brent. And mm-hmm. she puts the razor blade necklace around her neck and leaves. And Brent is obviously like, how the fuck am I going to get out of this? And then, which I guess now the addition of the cop makes just enough bodies somehow to stack up 
to where he can get out of the what looks like an 18 foot hole I mean. <laughs> in the uh, cellar thing. I'm not a doctor or a mathematician, Harrison, so I accept it. He climbs he climbs the bodies and gets out. Yes. We cut away to Holly mm-hmm. driving towards the house, I guess, because she knows the cop is there and the cop hasn't returned and it's the next morning. Mm-hmm. And uh Lola sees the Volkswagen coming and hides in the woods and throws her scrapbook at it, startling Holly to stop the car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then what happens? Were you surprised that she threw the scrapbook, by the way, because she's obviously so emotionally attached to it? Uh, no, because how else was she going to get the car to stop, I feel like? I mean, I guess. Also, yeah, so the car stops. Oh, God. Car stops? Um... I'll be honest with you, even though I just watched this film, I'm having a hard time piecing together the two things that happen here. Oh, I remember. Prom queen girl. Lola. Lola. Jumps into the car. Doesn't even jump. (laughs) Very casually opens the door and reveals she has a knife and is covered in blood. That's true. And then there's that long moment that happens in horror movies sometimes where you're like, dude, move the car. Hit the gas. Put your foot on the gas. Get away from this eminent threat. Like, I know it's shocking, but, like, fight or flight, girl. Get out of here, right? That doesn't happen. She just sits there and waits to be stabbed. So Lola, and then she fights back. She does. Lola, she opens, Lola jumps in the car with a knife, tries to kill her. They fall out of the other side of the car, and then Holly just starts a running. Yes. Which, again, perfect opportunity for Lola to get in that car and run her over, but doesn't. So... You know what? You're right. Why doesn't she... Do- it doesn't matter. It doesn't happen. It really doesn't matter. Um, so, <laughs> but guess who's here? Brent has arrived. Brent somehow got the keys to the cop car and is coming well, up fast. He was with the corpse. He saying. was with the corpse. He had the foresight to check, even though... Do, uh, how is he walking? How is he doing uh, anything? Let's... Audi- audience. Audience. He has <laughs> conceivably a half-inch hole in the front and center of his head both of his feet have been sliced through with steak knives and hammered into the ground what's the um not astigmatism what's the thing with stigmata thank you and one of his hands he self-cut he cut himself earlier in the movie so one of his hands is cut open when he when he cut the yes and he doesn't have any more vocal cords apparently because of the well-known and thoroughly effective bleach to the voice box method Again, I accept it. I'm sure that would do that. I don't know. <laughs> so the culmination of all these things, we get a brief glimpse that for some reason Mia is crying at home because Jamie has dropped her off. Remember, there's a whole other plot happening. Mm-hmm. He dropped her off and was like, sorry about your daughter. She's wasted and fucked me in a car. And the dad's like, <laughs> should have seen it coming. She anyway, goes and I'm lays go down. Die later this night. She goes and lays down and looks at her picture of her long lost lover. Um, her who, brother. Oh, her brother. You're getting all confused because of all the incest in this. Film. Yeah, there's a uh, par for the course. So anyway, <laughs> back to the plot we care about. Brent arrives in the car, and he, just like in the beginning, swerves around a body 
which is Holly, mm-hmm. and hits Lola, and she goes a flying. A flying. Somehow she still holds onto the knife, but she went a yes. flying. And Holly jumps in the car, thinking it's someone to come save her, realizes it is. It's her knight in shining prom blood armor. It's Brent. Brent. She's terrified because he looks fucked up. Because he looks like he got his head drilled into. Which he did. Yes. Um, And then they hear a knife tap, 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 and on the cold, wet, Australian concrete behind them, or cobblestone, whatever their roads are made out of. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Asphalt. Asphalt, that's yeah. what it is. Um, they look in the rearview mirror, and guess who's coming towards the car? Lola. And then in probably the most epic scene of the movie, which I sent you immediately upon watching. Oh, which I didn't watch. Did you, <laughs> is, are you in the background of that video going, oh, no, because that would be funny. And no, I should have, but... Uh, a very slow motion zoom into Lola's face as she watches the car reverse and in a split second scene, crush her skull backwards Yep. on the road. Yep. And the movie ends with Brent and Holly coming home where the mother is shocked to see her son and they lovingly embrace. Yes. And that's the loved ones. Aptly named because there are a lot of people in a basement that are now dead. They were loved ones. They were murdered Mm. by Brent. By Brent. I mean, they were. You're not wrong. Brent is a murderer. That's the moral of this story. All (laughs) right, so let's talk about it. How'd you feel? What'd you like? The the real moral of this story, Harrison, is that this this man, Xavier Samuel, should be... He shouldn't ever cut his hair. I'm looking at a lot of pictures of him, and I have been during this entire recording. Wait, who? Oh, Xavier. <laughs> My homeboy, Brent. Please. And uh, this guy shouldn't, he shouldn't ever cut his hair. There should be a law in Australia that says, Xavier Samuel, don't cut your beautiful locks of beautiful hair. And also, don't grow a goatee. Oh, no. That's what I assume the laws sound like in Australia. I, I believe that you're right. Um, <laughs> um, oh, and the movie was great. I liked it for the <laughs> following reasons. Yeah, tell us why you liked it. I just was really surprised by it. I'm surprised I've never heard of it. And I really enjoyed watching it. I mean, other than, I, I thought, I'm glad we didn't watch the unrated version in the end. Because I think the amount of gore and the torture porn aspects that were already present in this film... I don't think it needed to have gone any further at all. So, because for me, it was just, it was just a touch too much for me. Um, but I, I thought the acting was great. I really did. Um, it was an interesting story. It was filmed really well. The soundtrack was awesome. It definitely kept me engaged for the whole film. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I think that... Um, contrary to what you said earlier, <laughs> I, I don't love like torture porn. No. <laughs> I'm not the biggest, I'm not the biggest fan of gore for the sake of gore. And this, mm-hmm. like, it definitely, I was concerned from the beginning when he's tied up. I was like, oh no, this movie is going to turn into a torture porn. And for a while I was like, no, I was right. It is. And then with the, with the drilling of the head, the pe- like with him peeing like that, I didn't really know where that was going, and I was like, 
if they do this this early on, then like I know that what type of movie this is. You know what I mean? Yes, um, I know. Actually, I know exactly what you're saying. If they're about to hammer and nail a penis right at the beginning of this film. Yeah, then it's basically hostile is, and I don't care. I was just like, about to say, then Eli Roth secretly directed yeah, this. Yeah, it's trash. Automatically. Um, no, yes. not so. But yeah, I mean, for the sake, yeah. I, uh, I was trying to figure out like what the metaphor is. You know what I mean? Like, what are we talking about here? We're talking about like a lover, a lover scorned. But it's not even like a lover. It's just this person who's mentally disturbed, who's, uh, you know, mutilating people and not even killing mm -hmm. them um, and is in love with her father. Uh, and this poor person, I think like if there is a takeaway from the film, the poor person being Brent, it's that you, like even as bad as things have been and he is risking uh, his life by attempting suicide, even in like the briefest of moments, like he doesn't mm -hmm. realize how lucky he is to be alive. And then immediately he realizes how awful it is being alive um, because he's being <laughs> tortured so terribly. Uh, and then he realizes like, I got to get out of this. I think mm -hmm. there's moments yeah. where you, you know, you yes. are, you think he's going to give up, like when he stops sawing at the rope or whatever. But I think that's just because of the wounds that have been inflicted upon him. Yes. And I, it might not be a full moral because it would be a bit on the nose, but there was definitely something there about this idea of clearly he's dealing with this, this guilt that comes with the idea that he quote unquote killed his dad, even though it was very clearly an accident um, that he couldn't have prevented. Um, and the fact that the accident happened because of this father and daughter character because it was their victim who was standing in the middle of the road that there was clearly a point to be made about the juxtaposition of him feeling like life ending guilt about the accidental death of his father and then these people who are mutilating people to fulfill their own demented worldview right um you know Again, not really a clear-cut moral, but just sort of something that's clearly present there. You know, someone feeling guilty over something that was an accident and two people who are perhaps objectively evil. Yes. Yeah, and, you know, I think the, the biggest failures for me are the... I mean, because it wasn't... I mean, it, I, I, I think, like, it redeemed itself. I don't think that it was just all torture porn. Um, but, um, one second. Kayla, can you hear me? Sorry, it's frozen. I don't know what's going on with my computer. What is going on? What the fuck? Everything is frozen. Sorry. Hold on one second. happening to my computer 
I hope it's still recording. I don't, my computer is completely frozen. Um, I can't hear you. Hold on one second. Oh, my mouse is back. That seems like a good sign, hopefully. This is so obnoxious. What the fuck is going on? This has never happened. Okay, it was paused, so let's just resume. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> that's no problem with me. Where were we? So uh, I was just... Oh, okay, yes. So it was, it was, there was redeeming quality. It wasn't just all gore. Oh, it wasn't just a torture portal. Um, yes, I agree with that completely. I think that it was, um, I think he did, you know, like, he was reluctant to say that he loved his girlfriend at one point, and I think that it's very clear that it was more than just a fling the way that he's, you know, he wrote her a note that she discovers that says that he loves her. Um, mm -hmm. and it's kind of the driving force for him to escape is his mom and his partner. And wanting to, to rescue them from what he just went through. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I think he did, you know, like, I think it had, it was a safe amount of torture, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, it didn't, I mean, I it didn't push I... it over the edge for me. I think that what, what was a letdown and I, I wish had been more well-developed was the side story it just drew it if you could have condensed the side story it took up a lot of time compared to the actual plot and to what end just to say that her brother was a victim of this person but like okay so so i mean there's other victims as well like are you is it just to illustrate that this is like a small town in australia um i guess but like, I just don't, that could have been resolved with a, with like a sentence or two. Like, why did we need half of the movie or a third of the movie dedicated to this other storyline unfolding, which really just wasn't even, there was nothing really compelling about it. I, yeah. Other than you're, I guess you're right. I mean, other than it being sort of that weird mixture of a horror movie and a teen drama so there were those aspects in it you know what i'm saying other than that i can totally see what you're saying so i mean i think that kind of cheapened it for me like that's i mean one of my mm -hmm. biggest gripes about the movie would have been that i just don't see there that so much of that was wasted and i mean most of the acting was really good i think that the mom the mom specifically it was just like which which mom bright eyes or the no um or? brent's mother Mm -hmm. I think that the reveal of everything that happens and the foreshadowing that happens, like with bright eyes at the table, you see that she has a hole in her head that's healed over like those things. I feel like it all unfolded in a way that makes sense. And I was happy and it all, uh, not happy, but I was, I felt fulfilled in a way that it all you resolved itself. <laughs> <laughs> but like with the mom, I just, I, I had a hard time buying her performance. It was also like, it was just like a weird amount of focus on her just sitting around waiting. I mean, obviously she cares about her son that we, that was made clear, but also it's mm -hmm. just, uh, it's a bit laborious. Um, uh, but yeah. So 
What else you got to say? What do you are you ready for a? I'm ready. You ready I'm for ready a rating? Re- I I am ready for a rating. I'm ready to go. All right, drill it into our heads. What did you rate oh, it? Click end of podcast. <laughs> no, um, I am gonna go ahead and I'm gonna give this this movie a five out of six. Oh wow, okay. Kayla's. I know that's high, and I've been thinking this whole time whether I wanted to go with a four, but I'm going with a five. And I do think that my review is being influenced by the fact that I didn't know anything about this film going in and I <laughs> I'm sorry to keep ragging on the strangers oh <laughs> yeah right the strangers but I that reminded me of things I don't like about horror movies and then this film reminded me of all the interesting things that can be done with horror movies yeah um and what it feels like when you're interested in characters and what happens to them. Yeah. Um, and it was just a very enjoy- enjoyable, seems like a terrible word to use now that we've discussed how absolutely gruesome it is. Mm. But for what it is, it was enjoyable and it was interesting and it was engaging and it does leave you with a lot of things to think about. Um, and I just, I don't see any reason to, to dock, dock it down. The only reason I wouldn't give it a six is, is the kind of cravat I give normally for a film I really like that I give a five because it's like, am I going to watch this again? Possibly not. Right. But I will, I will recommend it to people who are interested in this kind of a horror film. Most certainly. And if it came up again, I would watch it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, this isn't something that I'm going to seek out watching. Right. But it was, it was a good solid horror film. Five out of six. Boom. Yeah. I'm going to give it a four out of six. And partly because of what I went into detail about <laughs> just moments ago. <laughs> With the very forgettable, um, like subplot. red, almost red herring of a subplot. Um, mm-hmm. It was because you keep thinking maybe they're the ones who are going to save. Um, yeah, it just wasn't. Oh boy, whose name I can never remember. God damn, Brent. Brent. It just wasn't. It wasn't fleshed out, and it wasn't memorable. And I just, for so much of the movie to be dedicated to it, I just was pretty disappointed in that. But the mm-hmm. the positives, it was effective. Like this was a I was pretty disturbed by this movie. Like I initially mm-hmm. was um behind the scenes fact. Uh this time we watched the movie right before recording and and it's that sweet spot that I was going to mention. I was going to say like maybe I need a little more time to sit with this movie and think about it because it really did. I was like what am I going to say about this movie? Like but while I was while I was watching it, I was very uncomfortable. Like I noticed I, I like was aware of the fact that I was uncomfortable because of what I was watching. And it wasn't just because it was like, I mean, the torture elements were just really disturbing and Mm -hmm. the, there was no bad CGI. Everything for the most part was pretty practical. I thought that it was shot really well. The soundtrack wasn't really great. I just think I, I think that the kind of like outlandishness of the main character and her father and their relationship, like there's something about that that I just didn't buy. Like, I don't know that. I think that that was kind of like lost on me. And then the, the subplot. And also like, I don't think that I think that when I think back on this movie, I'm going to remember it being disturbing and remember it being effective, which is, mm-hmm. you know, obviously like um, uh, worth a positive thing. Yeah. Worth like giving it accolades for, but I don't know. Again, I don't, yeah, I don't know that I would watch this movie again. Um, 
but I feel like it was very well made. I mean, kudos to the director because I mean, I think that it was an exceptional first foray into filmmaking. Yeah. Maybe we should add our, to our list, the second film he did the devil's candy or some such thing. Yeah, we should definitely do that. Um, so yeah, I give it a four out of six. I really, I really liked it. Um, but it could have been better. Excellent. And that's how we rate things here on Kayla and Harrison Won't Shut Up with a very, very strategic and well thought out rating system. (laughs) One to six. Don't even ask. We don't give half points or zero. Oh my God. Wait, I have to mention, I just looked up on Wikipedia The Loved One so that I could get to the director and then see what that other movie was so I could put it, I could write it down. Mm -hmm. And there was an Australian band called The Loved Ones. That's probably why this is called that. Question mark? I don't know. Oh, Australia. I'm so sorry that I know nothing about Yeah, truly. If any Australian people can chime in and tell us what, is this emblematic of your country's horror? (laughs) Maybe that's, again, so we need to watch this guy's other film. Yes. I assume... The Devil's Candy, I was right. Well, also, I wanted to say... Oh, it's American. Oh. Oops. Wait, what is... Jump Ship. Oh, the... the... Devil's Candy. Uh, Oh, right. Well, because it was produced by IFC, right? Uh, yes. Yes, it was. Yeah, I think that's why. Um, but what I was going to say is, I think this is also maybe, like, the most... Because we've been on a bit of a horror kick recently, but I think... We used to watch other movies. Yeah. I think that, um, this is probably one of the most disturbing movies we've reviewed like i was thinking about it and i was going down that list of whatever 100 horror films and a lot of them we've seen and a lot of them we've seen with each other but we haven't reviewed a whole lot of them so we should really at some point tap into that but maybe maybe next week we need to do something a little less fleshy well then i guess we're not reviewing wreck i'll delete it off our freaking list or maybe we need to do human centipede oh god (laughs) (laughs) and then bleep podcast over podcast over all right well that that does it for this week's episode thanks for listening make sure to like and subscribe yes and we will talk to you next week when we review human centipede i was about to say maybe something that will (laughs) make us want to die (laughs) bye maybe bye